0: Okay, so God has given us a name and uh, in order for us to live out that name, for us to enter that name, you have to fight for your name because the enemies will want to steal that name away from you. The enemies will want to steal your destiny from you. So we understand a name is not just, you know, uh, uh your name is just not not just two or three words. Okay. But rather the name represents us, it represents our true identity, our calling. What are we to do on this earth? Our purpose in life. That's our name. So that's why some of you, if you are just looking at that name after last week's sermon, you were asking, What is my name? You know, because you're thinking, Oh, you know is my name Matthew is my name Henry you know you're just thinking about that name okay so your focus is too narrow your focus is 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 not right so you will not know your name what is your name what's my name you know there are things that are common to us as believers as children of god okay just to begin with what's our name our name is new creation so our name, your name, my name is constituted of many, many, many names putting together. That's our name. It's just like God. You know, all the names given to God, you know, add together, you know, that would be His name. So this morning, we, the first name that we have, we are given, is we are a new creation. Why are we a new creation? Because we do not. Uh, identify ourselves with the old Adam, the old creation, the the natural creation. We identify ourselves with Jesus Christ. That's why we have a new name. The Bible says, if you're in Christ, you are a new creation. So when I know my name as new creation, I know how to live. Many of us, we we know it in, in our head, but we don't know it in our life. We are still carrying a lot of old baggages from our old Adamic life, our old identity, old creation. We're still carrying them, and we're still struggling with them. But the Bible says you are a new creation. All things have become new. So we will live a new life. We will not allow anything of the past. To hinder us, to stop us from living up our name. And then, I am a child of God. If I'm a child of God, how do I live? Jesus said, I must be about my father's business. Because my father has inheritance prepared for me. So I want to enter into the inheritance that my father has for me. I must be about his business. So this morning, do you know who you are? If you are still living for yourself, if you are still uh, uh, focusing on what you want, you know, you are not living in your name. You know, my name is a child of God. I must be about my father's best And then, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. That's my name. God's Spirit, the Almighty God, dwells in me in this temple. So I got to make this temple clean. I got to make this temple available to Him. I want to be filled with His Holy Spirit because that's how I glorify Him. That's how His glory is going to flow out of me because my name is the temple of God. There are other things that is unique to us. The Bible says, you know, we are given grace. Grace according to the measure of grace is given to us. So I am, my name, I am the grace of God in His church, in His body. I'm given to the body of Christ. I'm, he has released certain gifting, uh, certain ability to me, for me to serve in the body of Christ. That's who I am, the grace of God for the body of Christ. That's unique, because others don't have what I have. There may be some gifting are common, but there are something unique about my gifting. So we learned last week that God has created us according to how He calls us, how He knows us by our name. And then I am the body of Christ. I'm part, I'm members of the body of Christ. So I cannot be operating, thinking just on my own and just uh, believing this is my personal faith. No. It begins from there, but I'm put in the body of Christ. I am the body of Christ. So I, I have to see how I work with the other believers, how I function, how I cooperate with them so that the fullness of Jesus can be manifest through the church. This is, this is what God has given to us. So I am the body of Christ. Each part is different. Each part has their place. So I have my place. I must find out my name. I must fulfill my name in the body of Christ. Okay, so those are unique to us because God has given us different type of grace. But then God has given us a common calling. We are the royal priesthood. That's my name, royal priesthood. Again, it talks about a priesthood. It doesn't talk about just a priest. So a priesthood, you function within the priesthood. There are hierarchy, there are leaders, there are people who are over you. There are different kind of duties you are assigned to do. But that's who I am. Royal priesthood. I represent God on this, in this world. That's my name. And so how do I live? As a priest, I need to know God. I need to know God for real. Because the world wants to see a real God that is in me. And that's what the Bible says, you reject the knowledge, I have rejected you as priests. So as priests, we need to know God. We need to have more knowledge you know, about things so that we can function as a priest. As a priest, I'm supposed to be answer to this world. People will come to us. They want answer we got to get it from God and give it to them. That's my name. I'm a royal priesthood. I am a holy nation. A holy nation. So, together, as a church, we are a holy nation. Together, we are not just reaching out for individuals. We are to manifest the glory of God in governmental area. When you talk about a nation, you are talking about governmental area. You know, it consists of education, it consists of family, it consists of all uh, business and all kinds. But we are a holy nation. So we are not just living on this earth for ourselves. But together we are going to demonstrate the glory of God to the nations. Right? So a thought just came to me this week. We are called to disciple the nations. Unless we are a holy nation, we can't disciple a whole, uh, the, the nations. We have to be a nation to disciple nations. Okay, so, we, so our, our partnership, our, uh, the way we follow the, the vision of the church, the way we go, run after the vision of church is so important. If you know you are a holy nation. But now a lot of us, we don't know. Because I believe in God. You know, that's my relationship with God. You know I go to church because Christians are supposed to go to church. You know, we do the common thing. But do you know you're a holy nation? A holy nation speaks. Speaks in what we do. In who we are. A holy nation has inference. Inference. You know, we're not just a tiny end nobody know about, nobody hear about. No, we are a holy nation that people can see the glory of God and they will come. Just like Solomon's time. Right? When he, his wisdom was so famous, people from afar, kings from afar, queens from afar, come in wanting to know. That's what we're called to do. And thank God we're beginning to be like that because people are hearing about us. They want to know what is this Calvary City Church? Okay, but we are a holy nation. Okay, so that's, that's our name, right? And many more. I'm apostles, pastors, some of you are many more. So all this God has given to you when you combine it together, you begin to see your name, the uniqueness of your name. Okay, we will not know our full name, not at this time, right? As you walk, God will begin to reveal some more. Some more. It's just like Abram. He walked with God, and God, after he walked with God for a certain time, God said, hey, you are not Abram. Your name is called Abraham. But he's been walking with God for some time. So as you walk, God begins to reveal to you, God begins to reveal to you your full name. Right? So don't confine yourself and say, oh, okay, I know my name. That's my name. No. There's something more. There's something more. God knows. And as we walk, God will reveal it to us. And remember, the devil will want to steal your name. The devil will want to destroy your name, the name that God has given to you. Look at, go back to that passage in Revelation. Revelation 2, verse 12. Revelation 2, 12 to 17. We're going to read this letter of Jesus to Pergamon. Revelation 2.12 To the angel of the church in Pergamon, write, these are the words of him who has the sharp double-edged sword. I know where you live, where Satan has his throne. Yet you remain true to my name. You did not renounce your faith in me, even in the days of Antipas, my faithful witness, who was put to death in your city where Satan lives. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you. You have people there who hold to the teaching of Balaam, who taught Balak to entice the Israelites to sin by eating food sacrificed to idols and by committing sexual immorality Likewise, you also have those who hold to the teaching of Nicolaitans. Repent therefore, otherwise I will soon come to you and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the heathen manna. I will also give him a white stone with new name written on it, known only to him, and uh, who receive it? Okay, the scriptures say, "To him who overcomes, then I will give him that new name." And the Word of God says, "He who has an ears, hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the church." I am absolutely amazed at some people. They just want to listen to what they want to listen. And after last week's message, they say our life is all fate. It's all written. It's all predetermined. There's nothing we can do about it. So we just let it be after it's all written in heaven. So we must understand Satan wants to rob our names. And we've got to fight against him. We've got to be victorious in order to lay hold of our names. And the word of God says, Satan, he established his throne in your city. Right? He established his throne in your city. That means he's not hit and run. He's not just whispering in your ear. He has penetrated into the life of the city, into your culture, into the way you do things, and how you live in this city. You know, those of those people who are from West Malaysia, when you come to Tower, immediately you recognize Tower is so different from West Malaysia. The pace of life is like, you know, two times slower in general. Okay, so Satan has penetrated into the life of the city. So some of our ways are demonic influence holding us back to live the life that we should be living. And we got to fight against it in order for us to enter into the name that God has called us. And then the enemies will persecute you. If you try to be different, He will persecute you. He will kill the faithful witness. So if you want to rise up, you want to begin to speak for God, I tell you, Satan will come against you. You try and do that in your circle. You try to be different. You see the reaction from the rest. Because Satan will attack his faithful witness. He wants to destroy. He wants to steal our name. And then how will the the enemies come and steal our name? He will ask you to sell your gifts. The gifts that God has given to you. Balaam, the prophet of God. The enemies want him to use the the prophetic gift. The gift that God has given to him to bless the, 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 the nation of Israel. Instead, sell your gift. I'll give you money. You curse the people of God. You see, enemies will come and entice you. I'll give you wealth. I'll give you money. I'll give you privileges. Sell your gift. So that instead of blessing the church, blessing the church of God, uh, the, the kingdom of God, you use your gift to enrich yourself. Right? He entices you, he tempts you with pleasure. So that all you go after is a comfortable life. Right? I, I, I like this, this uh, uh, group of full, full gospel business people. Because the last time full gospel people uh, fellowship gave me the idea. You know, you talk about prosperity gospel. You know, prosperity. How God is going to bless us. But not this guys. They're on the ground. They serve the church. There's one guy there. He stayed through the camp. Every camp. He's a, he's a lawyer. He stayed to the camp because he's just like a father to those kids. Yeah. So, so the enemies will ask you to sell your gifts. What God has given to you. Enrich yourself. Seek pleasure for yourself rather than the kingdom of God. And then, Balaam. When he cannot curse the, 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 the nation of Israel, he teach Balaam to entice the nation of Israel and ask them to uh, get them to marry those foreign women so that curse will be upon them because they will turn to worship idols. You see, so the enemies will entice you so that you will not live up your name. Instead of being the prophet of God, now you become a false prophet. Now you become, you know, somebody who dabbling, if you like, almost like in witchcraft instead of being the prophet of God. Nicolaitans, they are the one who teach, it's okay to, to, to eat food, sacrifice to idols. It's okay to, to commit fornication. It's okay to compromise. It doesn't matter. We're living by grace. That's a Nicolaitans. Because our name is holy. The name that God has given to us is holy. But the enemies will want to rob you, will want to take away your name. So it's important that we fight for our names. And then as parents, parents, you've got to fight for the name of your child. Because God has made covenant with us. It's not good. Just prepare your child to be prosperous, to be rich, to be successful in life. That's not good. They will lose everything. Because they will take nothing from this world. They will lose everything. So we got to fight for the name of our child. You know, that's why last week we learned, Zechariah and Elizabeth, they fought for the name of their child. Because every relative is, are saying, no, you know, because none of your, your the, the others have ever had this name. You know, I say, no. His name is John. His name is John. Because without this name, John the Baptist would not know his calling. He would not know his identity. He would not know his destiny. He would not know how to live. So you fight for the name of your child. And then we learned that last week. Ishmael. The name Ishmael was, you know, he will wrestle and fight against his brother and his brother against him. And Abram. Came before God and fought for the name, he said, God. Is that all his name is? Ishmael? He's my son. Do you know? Even though he you know is is from, uh, from the seventh girl, Haggai, but he's uh, she's uh, he's still my my son. So God told him in Genesis 17, verse 20, and as for Ishmael, I have heard you. Abram, I've heard you. I will surely bless him. I will make him fruitful and will greatly increase his numbers. He will be the father of 12 rulers and I will make him into a great nation. Despite of Abram's and, and, and Sarah's uh, um, you know, trying to be too clever to help God, despite of their fault and their sin, when he, when, when he fought for Ishmael, God said, I will bless him and make him a great nation. So we got to fight for our, our, our children. You know, the, the, one of the greatest women in the Bible is Moses' mother. Moses' mother. She fought for Moses. She fought for the name Moses. You know, she did not, fought, uh, uh, did not fight for Moses to have a comfortable life. She did not fight for Moses just to survive. Because if she did, when the basket that was carrying Moses landed in Pharaoh's daughter, uh, in front of Pharaoh's daughter, she would say, wow, hallelujah, thank God. God, he's saved. You know, he will survive. Now he's in Pharaoh's palace. You know, she, she, she would think that her job is done. But Moses' murder did not fight for Moses just to survive. She fought for Moses to live up his name as deliverer of the nation of, uh, of the Jews from, from, from Egypt. And that's why when, when Moses, the baby Moses landed in Pharaoh's daughter's uh, in front of Pharaoh's daughter, she has the wisdom to, 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 to eventually get her to be the 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 what's it? mates are uh, to take care of Moses. Why? Because she knew once Moses was in the palace, Moses would be under the training, the influence, the doctrine of the Egyptian. And so before they can do it, she want to lay the foundation while Moses is young. Lay the foundation into Moses so that Moses will always know his name as the deliverer of the Jews, that he is not prince of Egypt. So you see, the mother of Moses, she did not fought for Moses' survival. She did not fought for Moses to have a comfortable life. She fought for the destiny of Moses, God's calling, God's purpose. And so she told Moses who who he is, what he is to do before Moses was under the training of Pharaoh's household to become prince of Egypt. Okay, so we need to fight for the names of our children. Later on, Moses is exposed to all the idols of Egypt. He's He's exposed to all the wealth of Egypt, the comfortable life, the pleasure of sin. He's exposed to all this kind of influence. But Moses knew his name because his mother fought for him, fought for his name and put it inside him. Okay, so we need to fight for the names of our children, but finally, we need to fight for our own name. We have to be responsible for our own name. Eventually, you have to make this your purpose, your goal. You have to fight for your own name. Who are you? You cannot depend on your mother and father to fight for you. Thank God we have, if we have godly parents who fought for us. Thank God for them. But we have to fight our own battle. We have to fight for our own name. Look at what Hebrews 11 verse 24 to 26 tells us. Hebrews 11 verse 24 to 26 By faith, Moses, when he had grown up refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. When Moses had grown up, are a lot of things that are out of control when we are young. But you have to make your decision, your life decision, the direction of your life, how and what you are going to live for. When Moses had grown up, he had to make those decisions. So I trust that we are all grown up people. If you have not grown up, It's time you grow up. It's time you take responsibility for your own life. It's time to stop blaming people. It's time to stop looking at the circumstances and say no. You make decisions for your life. It's time to grow up. So how do you fight for your name? You fight for your name by deciding the direction of your life. What you want to live, how you want to live. So Moses has to decide that he will identify with the Jews, his own people, the people that God has given to him, rather than identify as a prince of Egypt, you know, with power and authority and wealth. Moses has to choose the direction of his life. This morning, have you chosen the direction of your life? You see, when you choose to follow God, there may be suffering, there may be pain, there may be sacrifice. But are you going to choose to walk with God? Go after your name, or are you going to choose Egypt where there's wealth, where there's uh, you know that kind of glory and, and, and pleasure and so on? Or are you going to follow God? You have to choose your value system. You know, Moses said "Think thing that is more valuable, he regards disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasure of Egypt. So you have to Determine your value system. What's important to you? Money? Wealth? Position? People? Friendship? Relationship? What's important to you? Is it God? God's purpose? Your destiny? This is what's important to me and I will pursue after it. Or is it the other thing? So what's the value system inside? So you've got to know the direction of life. You fight Against what Satan wants to do, want to rock your name, by holding on to the direction that you have decided and the values that you have embraced. And then you have to face your own failure and disappointment. You know, because those things that happen in our life, we gotta fight against it. Moses he he he, he disappointed himself. He failed. He became a murderer. He ran away. You know, so that he doesn't know who he is. When God came to call him, he said, Who am I? Who am I to do all these things? Because he doesn't know who he is. So you've got to fight against the accusation of the enemies. Because there will be failures in our life. There will be disappointment. There will be things that we fail and miserably. And then the enemy is come and attack us. Look at you. You know, this is who you are. Ha, ha, ha. You think you're somebody. Ha, 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 So that you don't know who you are. When God wants you to do something, you say, who am I? Who am I? I'm a, I'm a sinner. Who am I? I'm a failure. Who am I? I, I can't. You've got to fight against it. Because the enemy wants to steal your name. He nearly stole Moses' name. Because Moses just didn't know who he is anymore. You see, when we don't know who we are, we begin to build our own empire. We begin to build things that we, we become uh, comfortable with, we become secure with. So Moses became a shepherd. You know, Brother Radha was talking about the rod. He begins to build his own identity as shepherd. So now he's very comfortable as shepherd. He is his rod now is established shepherd. But God will ask you to throw that, that, that rod down. You know, your own security, your own achievement, what you have built, the identity that you have built for yourself, God will say, throw it down. Because once you throw it down, you see Satan behind it. You see it turns into the snake. Because Satan is using that to bind you, to steal your name, but you still don't know. You're so comfortable with that rod, you think that, hey, this is who I am now, a shepherd. But Satan is there. And so once he casts that rod down, it becomes a snake. You know, Satan was binding him through that rod, through his identity that he built for himself. And God said, you pick it up because I give you authority to, 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 to step on a serpent. I give you authority to pick it up. You know he cannot destroy your name. You have authority over it. Pick it up. And I'll turn that rod to be the rod of my authority. Okay? So God will come to you. Right, Because you, the enemies will attack you because of your failure. And then you lose your, your identity and you begin to build your own identity. So Moses, when he grew up, he made decisions. He made decisions. So when he decision. <laughs> and then, why do we have to fight for our own names? Because sometimes our parents don't know our names. You know, our parents don't know our name. And they and then they, they confine us, right, to who they think we are. David, he was the number eight child. His parents has already got seven sons. all oh, smart looking, smart, you know, very, wow. What more do you want? You are a Jew. When you have seven, that means complete. No more. If you want any more, it's a girl. Seven is enough. But then he comes, David, number eight. Oh, what a disappointment! You know, he's not like his brother. He's not looking as smart as them. He's just ordinary. He's just a shepherd boy. Moses' father, uh, uh, David's father, doesn't know Moses' name. So when the when the prophet came and anointed. The next king of Israel. He has all the seven sons to pass before the the prophets. And that was all he think about. Not David. This useless guy. This young guy, good for nothing. Not like his brother. So, David's father didn't know David's name. David has to fight for his own name. And then, you know, this do you know some scholars believe David was an illegitimate child? He was born out of a adulterous relationship. Why? Look at this verse. In Psalm 51, verse 5. In Psalm 51, verse 5, Surely I was sinful at birth, Sinful from the time my mother conceived me. 我是在罪孽里生的, you see, David wasn't born in a family like Joseph, where the father father has favoritism you know, towards Joseph. And so as a result, all the other brothers hated Joseph because there's this family rivalry. But yet all... David's brothers didn't see any good about David. They don't like him. When he went to the, the battlefield to bring lunch for them, to visit them, immediately they think, you know, where are the ship? You irresponsible people, you person, you just come want to see what's going on. You know, where are the ship? You didn't take it. They they all didn't like him. They all rejected him. You know, how how bad can David be? The boy that God says is after my own heart. He couldn't be any, you know, he he must be a very good boy. How bad can he be? But yet all the brothers all think bad about him. All think, none of them think any good about him. Why? So that's why some scholars from that verse say, you know, and, and why would a father send a young boy to look after sheep where there are lions, where there are bears that could have killed that little boy? If the father sent him there hoping that maybe the lion will kill him, then my disgrace, my problem will be over. Would you, as a parent, send your little boy to look after sheep? Facing lions and bears? Would you? Unless you want to kill him. And that's why they thought, you know, maybe that's his father's way of trying to get rid of him. So the father doesn't know his name. He has to fight for his name. David knew God has a name for him. And the way he fights is to seek after God with all his heart. That's the only way he can get his name. And this morning, if you don't know your name, the only way you can know your name is seek God with all your heart and all your mind, with all your soul. So David, David's name is a prophet. He's a king. He's a priest. But his father thought that he's just a shepherd boy. He's useless. So David fought for his own name by seeking God. Saul, king Saul wanted to destroy his name, want to kill him because he is king. But before he can become king, King Saul wanted to destroy that because Satan was behind it. So we know the enemies will attack. When you want to live out the name that God has for you, the enemy will want to come and destroy and steal and kill. But it's those who overcome overcome. Not because you're a Christian. Those who overcome. Right? You have your name. We need to fight for our name. We need to fight for the names of our children so that they will live out God's purpose for their life. Amen. Do you know it's so fitting?